When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Our Tuesday edition is called The Game Plan Live with Shelby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. We just wrapped up the Lincoln Rally press conference. Took off our ties. That's right. I feel so much better right now. Um, There's a different... uh, I don't know if we've talked about this. There's different wardrobe requirements for all sure. the different shows That's that right. we do. I don't know who decided what they are, but there's Chad wants to different wear t- degrees of dressiness. Chad McKee wants to wear a tie everywhere. It's like he'll wear a tie on spot. He likes wearing ties, yeah. But the tie is only truly required what on a game and for the press conference show. Now, we could do this in T-shirts. We've done the podcast in T-shirts. I wore flip-flops last year for good There's days. a chance. I mean, most of these are audio only. Well, so, I was about ready to say, for those of you on the audio side, only yeah. you get the Who Lincoln Rally Press Who knows what we're wearing at right? the time. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, but you'll have the Lincoln Rally Presser in its entirety coming up in just a bit. Yes, coming off the first loss of the season, 27-14, to on the banks of the Brazos. Brazos? Brazos? You got corrected. I want to make sure I say it right. Brazos. Brazos. Yeah. On the banks of the Brazos River, beautiful setting. Uh, not a beautiful game day as the Sooners were there in the fourth quarter, but just – Run off the rush offense, the running attack of Baylor a little bit too much. Sooners not able to really get anything going offensively. And the word that you and I used at the end of the press conference show, I think, fits here, and it's sustainability. The Sooners mm-hmm. have to be able to sustain what they're doing offensively and then, of course, defensively for four quarters. Well, Baylor's a good football team. And if you're going to beat them, especially at their place, you got to play better than they did on Saturday. I mean, yeah. it's quite, it's that simple. They drop passes. Um, they looked a little sluggish in the run game. They had penalties that put them behind the chains. They missed field goals. Uh, Lincoln talked in his press conference about there were times when they had plenty of pass protection and just had a bad pass that missed an open wide receiver. So you can't, I mean, you got to be better than that if you're going to beat a good team on the road. And, um, yeah, the, the, this right here is one of the good runs of the day, but there weren't enough of those. And the the run game the last couple of games uh, has taken a turn for the south. We had a good stretch there in the middle of the season where it looked like Kennedy and, and the offensive line were cranking it into high gear. And the last couple of games, that's gone back under 100 yards rushing. Need to be better than that, especially when you've got a, a quarterback like Caleb Williams who has the ability to run him run the ball himself and be dangerous in running the ball himself. So. That's got to be better. Tackling uh, was, you know, not great either. And yet all that that we just said, it was 10-7 going to fourth. Right. And you thought, at least I did, this is a team and a program that finds ways to win football games. They're going to find a way to do it again here, despite mistakes and missed field goals and everything that's going on. But it just didn't happen. Baylor was the better team in the fourth quarter. They got their running game cranked up. Oklahoma State kind of stuck in the mud, and, uh, and they suffered their first loss of the year. Tough one, uh, Sooners fall, but there were some bright spots. And for those that know me, I'm overly optimistic dude. I thought Brian Asamoah yeah. and Delaire and Turner-Yell played really well on Saturday. 
No, Brian Osimo was great. Uh, he was our player of the game on the radio. I think it was Teddy a, picked a linebacker. Yeah, as, wow. I think it was a pretty easy call. Uh, what, what did he officially end up with? 14 tackles. Yeah, that's the latest number. And um, just showed up time and time again. I mean, it, I felt like we were saying his name on virtually every play, whether it was uh, in coverage like there or uh, in the backfield. There were, I don't remember the number. I want to say 10 or 12 tackles for loss by the OU defense on Saturday. Felt like he was involved in a, a good number of them. So I think he's played better and better as the year's gone along and uh, had a fantastic day Saturday. Um, Isaiah Thomas batted down a pass there. That's something that we've seen the last few weeks that I think has been really good for this defense. And, you know, they, that's a heck of a play. That was a heck of an interception by DTY. But it's just, it's a matter of, you know, and Alex Grinch has talked about this a lot. I go back to some of the preseason conversations I think about with Coach Grinch when people were asking about the youngsters in the secondary, right? He goes, well, you'll see these moments where they look incredible. And then you'll see these moments where it's just very frustrating. And I think that sustainability, consistency, that's that battle that they're looking for. And it's late in the season, so it's tough. You know, you got to dig deeper. You got to grind harder. You got to find something because it's not just going to magically happen. And the schedule is ratcheting it up uh, with a couple of teams that have played really well uh, at times this season. Recently for Oklahoma State, they've been really good. Iowa State's had stretches this year where they're a really good football team. There's no doubt about that. You know, that is the story of this football team. Every team has a story. We, we just happen to be really close to this one, so we know it right. inside out. Sure. If we were doing this equivalent show with Clemson or oh. Alabama or LSU or you name it, Washington, Oregon, whatever, you know, the, maybe they're thin on the offensive line. Maybe they've got a lot of injuries in the secondary. Maybe they haven't, the turnover margin isn't where you want it to be, or the quarterback play has been subpar. The story for Oklahoma this year has been consistency. They have looked really good on offense at times this year, especially once Caleb Williams got inserted into the lineup. They have looked really good on defense at times this year. Remember early in the season, that side of the ball was carrying them. And for the first three quarters Saturday, the defensive side of the ball was carrying. But the offense has not been able to sustain, as you said, the consistency. The defense has not been able. Fortunately, most days they've offset each other. Right. The offense has had the defense's back, or the defense has had the offense's back, and it led them to a 9-0 record. And as Lincoln pointed out, for three quarters, that was kind of unfolding on Saturday. But they need more consistency, and they need to be able to sustain the good play for consecutive drives. I mean, not just consecutive drives, for consecutive halves, consecutive games. Um, and we're getting late now. I mean, it's kind of, maybe it's a little wishful thinking to think it's gonna happen in, in game 11 of the season, but if they're going to accomplish what they still want to accomplish, it's going to have to happen. That both the offense and the defense play consistently complimentary good football. Here's the problem. Iowa State comes in here, and that 6-4 and four record is incredibly deceiving. It's a really good football team. Um, you know, we, we joked about this on the press conference show, Toby, and Isaiah Thomas talked about it in our interview. It's basically the same team that we saw in the Big 12 championship last year. It's basically the same team that, that we've seen in Ames and that came here in Norman in 2019. Yeah. This is a, a veteran group that has just... They all came back. They've had some inexplicable losses. Now, Iowa... Their best player turned the ball over. Baylor, special teams imploded. I don't know what happened up in West Virginia. And I have Texas Tech, they were done in that game, and they came back and it took a 62-yard field goal to beat them. So, I mean, look at that roller coaster, right? You think they're kind of right in the ship in October, and then all of a sudden they get beat by West Virginia. Makes no sense whatsoever. They smoke Texas, 62-yard walk-off field goal beats them in Lubbock. I mean, it's just... Well, it's wild. Here's the thing for them, though, on the four losses. If you if you look at the right column there in the four losses, they gave up 27 to Iowa, which for Iowa was a, a lot good of day. <laughs> 31 to Baylor, 38 to West Virginia, 41 to Tech. This is a John Heacock defense that has been really good, and in their victories this year has been really good, but has had games in where they've been very susceptible. So... Um, 
I, I don't know how you explain that. I mean, Mike Rose, Greg Eisworth, Will McDonald, they got a ton of guys that have played a lot of uh, football on the defensive side of the ball. But they have been susceptible, more so than in years past it appears. Lincoln pointed out that they're top ten defensively, and that's accurate. But it, the glaring number is there, the four losses, how uh, many points they've given up. So question is, can an Oklahoma offense that – Really struggled by its own standards last week. Had a hard time running the ball, drop passes, all that we just talked about. Can they kick it into gear against an Iowa State defense that looks like it can be got at times this year? So that, I, that's the big challenge on Saturday. Um, Facebook is up and rolling, so we'll get your questions. Hit us up right now in the comments section underneath. I see you guys. We'll get to them. I, I love this point that uh, Robert just brought up. Love Lincoln Riley, the 23 recruiting class on offense is insane with all of them. Uh, five stars, proud to be a Sooner. But we can't really talk about recruiting. Let's just say the future looks bright on the recruiting side of things okay. for Oklahoma. The future been, looks bright. They've been grinding like crazy. But we can't be looking that far into the future, Toby, because we've got Iowa State coming in this weekend. None and of those guys can help against Iowa this State. Is a, this is still a 9-1 football team, right? And Lincoln said it today in his presser. You have, you know, every he, his first year as a head coach was 17. And... That team in 17 had a tough loss to Iowa State, bounced back, ends up in the 14 playoff. 2018, help me out, was that the Texas loss? Kyler Murray avenged that loss in the Big yes. 12 championship game, right. go to the 14 playoff. 2019, had the tough loss to Kansas State, end up going, winning the Big 12 championship against Baylor, that wild comeback, they were playing the 14 playoff. 2020, started one and two, and ends up playing in the Cotton Bowl last year. So. This team has shown in the past it knows how to overcome adversity. It's right. just it's something that they'll the, have to prove. Those were all earlier in the season. Very true. And uh, this late, is it overcomable? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I did look up this morning for the radio show. Uh, there's a couple of websites that do the projecting. 538, ESPN, FBI, right. I think. has. They both have, well, uh, 538 said if Oklahoma wins out, 78% chance they're in the playoff. The ESPN FPI, I think, was 89%. It was 86%, something like that. It was in right. the 80s that if they won out, they would make it into the playoff. Now, they no longer control their own destiny. You know, other things are going to have to happen along the way in Oregon or Cincinnati or Ohio State or somebody, or, or I think Georgia beating Alabama would be big for them. But um, they're not out of this. No. And the, the, the biggest key is they got to play better football. You know, they're not going to. They're not going to win a seventh straight Big 12 championship game. They, they haven't secured a spot in the Big 12 championship game. <laughs> so to get there, they could do that potentially on Saturday. But to get there is one. To win that, you're going to have to be there. And the college football playoff is not out of the realm of possibility. But you got to play better than you did Saturday to even have that conversation. All right. Couple of uh, couple of good questions here. This is from... Kevin. Kevin said, did the Big 12 ever address the no call on the delay of game at the end on Baylor? No, they didn't address that. Lincoln had mentioned the too many people on the field. What they did do was find Baylor, $25,000. And I, I got it from someone who was down there in it and lived it. Um, they did everything they could. That security, they had the benches roped off. They were pointing people down towards the end zone. It's like, that's where you go. And everyone was following the protocols and the rules, and the bench was fine. Until the timeout. And they had to get everyone off the field. Then it was chaos, mass chaos. So Lincoln Riley said today he's heard from Dave Aranda, but did not give the specifics of that conversation. I think Coach even said, hey, it's, it's, you know, it's irrelevant. But it was a very unique situation, something I've never been a part of. We've had uh, field stormings. In 2011 it happened, uh, both in Stillwater and in Waco. Uh, it happened two years ago in Manhattan. It's it sucks. I mean, to be honest, I can't <laughs> think of another way to put it. You know, uh, when the the buddy years and the tray years in basketball, we've had court storming, field storming, and court storming against Oklahoma is not a new thing. I don't I don't know that it's ever happened twice in the same game. Before, yeah, so. no, me neither. maybe never in the history the of the sport. Uh, and, and then here's a here's a really good technical question from the weekend, which is why did OU struggle? to run the football against Baylor. That's from David. Well, first of all, Baylor's a really good defense, and they did a good job in creating problems for the Sooner offensive line. I, I think we give credit to Dave Aranda's crew for the job they did sure. uh, on the, on the, in the trenches. Absolutely. But the OU run game's got to be better. Yeah, and, preach. And we, 
employ Gabe Eichard for all of our offensive line expertise. So hopefully tonight on the huddle, maybe he can go into that a little bit better. Um, I don't know. It's been hot or cold this year. Kennedy has obviously flashed at times, certainly in the Texas game most notably. Um, and like I said, it looked like maybe there for a couple of games the offensive line had it in gear. But uh, things seem just a little slow moving. Right. Uh, the run game seemed a little slow moving on some of the GT counters of the pulls and things on Saturday. I don't know. I'm not – I'm ventured into uh, water. <laughs> I'm too deep to swim in as to why it didn't work. But I, so, less than 100 yards rushing I know is not what Lincoln or Bill Biedenbow would like. Um, I like this from Megan in anticipation. Some of you might be listening to this on the podcast side, so uh, you'll hear this and the ratings will already be out. But Megan writes, I admit – we haven't played clean football, but it still irks me that our loss to a ranked team will hit us harder than other teams losing to an unranked team. We don't we know think. that yet. Yeah. We think. Yeah, the, the college football playoff rankings come out tonight. What's your guess? I'm very negative. I think 15. I know that you're in that 13. That, like, who are you right I know. now? What's I don't wrong know. with me? I don't know. Raiders lost to the Chiefs on I Sunday said, night. That's I said wrong. 12. 12. I, I, I like that. I think that's probably more logical. Well, I mean, I think – it's hard to imagine it, 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 12 or 13, depending on if they put Wake Forest ahead of them or not. I'm very disappointed that none of you have commented yet on my new phone, but it's okay. I can handle Chris it. Chris got a new phone, which is very big news, folks, because he had one of those rotary dialers. That's right. It's a big He was carrying around in his pocket. Uh, right, a couple more on Facebook. These have been pretty good, you guys. Uh, Phil says, T-Row, the beard is coming in nicely. Who starts at quarterback? Uh, I've decided I'm going to go a period of time here without shaving and see if I can, you know, no shave November, see if I can get some sort of a heavy stubble going. I, I might be February before you even notice it. That's how hard it is for me to grow facial hair. What was the other question? Who starts at quarterback? Uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah. Lincoln Riley said that at his press conference today. Yeah. He said the hand is fine. He's full go at practice, and Caleb is his starter. Um, you know what? It's It's – it's interesting because I didn't have a problem going to Spencer at that moment. You know, he, I, I get it. And I, I what a to, story that would have been. I know, right? It, it, so I'd watched him over the sideline, and he had thrown a few times. And Jenny Taft, the great sideline reporter from Fox, she came over. She said, did Lincoln tell him to throw, or did he just start throwing? And I said, well, I think he just started throwing because yeah. Spencer will do that sometimes. Did but you then, say, buzz off TV? We're on <laughs> radios doing its own thing But here. then he started throwing with a little bit more authority. And I thought, ooh, okay. Big play right there. That's here. a big play. Oh, you needed that call. Should have been a P.I. Didn't get it. Thought he held on, but it just slipped out. Sorry, interrupted. No, no, no. But my, my point is he, you know, he was ready. And I, I get it. You know, I, I was talking to Jason Kersey. He wrote about this from the Athletic on my radio show today. Jason felt like, hey, I don't, I don't understand the move to, to Spencer because they were having problems protecting Caleb Williams. And he, he has a tougher time eluding pressure than Caleb Williams. But – Caleb was struggling with what I, Baylor was throwing at them. And I kind of like the move because you bring in a seasoned vet, right? Spencer seen the Dave Aranda defense before in person. He kind of knows what he's looking for. And, you know, those situations like this make it tough whenever the pocket collapses around you. But they needed a spark at that point in the fourth quarter. And I had no, I had no problem with it. I mean, it's one thing. I didn't have a problem with it either. Right. Caleb was having a rough day. And we don't know the severity of his hand. We know that. Somewhat recently, he had thrown that ugly-looking interception that he was trying to get out of bounds, and he didn't. So uh, I didn't have a problem with it either. Uh, it, it would be one thing if you had a backup quarterback that was inexperienced. Right. OU's got a backup quarterback that had won, what, like 14 straight games or something like that and yep. was the number one projected draft pick coming into the season. So it was worth a roll of the dice. But, man, can you imagine if OU had come back and won oh. under the leadership of Spencer Rattler? what this week would have been like in Sooner Nation? You said, you've said it many times, and it's amazing. The Oklahoma Sooner football team in 2021 has been one of the best reality shows, if not <laughs> the best reality show going, right? Yeah. I mean, think about it. You start out with championship aspirations, right? You struggle a little bit in some games early on. Um, in, in, you know, obviously, conference news breaks even before the season starts, and you have a quarterback controversy, then you have injuries. and then, I mean, it's just it's nonstop. Yeah, we're not done yet. No, we're just getting started. Uh, and then one more before we get out of here, and I think this is one of those fun conversations Jordan asks to have during the offseason, one of these fun June sports radio conversations we like to talk about. 
Jordan writes, I think we need to do away with preseason rankings. Start the rankings when the CFP rankings come out. I uh, couldn't agree more, but it'll never happen. Right, exactly. Um, you know, because of what you said, sports radio, social media. Right. We all want something to talk about and debate. And uh, so it really doesn't. The, the, mat, the ranking that matters, the only ranking that matters, the college football playoff ranking, doesn't come out until we're over halfway through the season. Wow. All this Crazy. other stuff is just it's for us. stuff for us to chat and argue about. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you put the Clemson Tiger logo next to Wake Forest resume, they might be sitting at like seven in the playoff ranking right mm-hmm. now, in all honesty. So, yeah, I, I, with you. I love it. But listen, Toby and I do three-hour radio shows every we day. We need something, something to talk about. Okay? You've got a basketball game tonight. I do. So I got to get going. Six o'clock tonight, Jenny Baranchek's team will be taking on Central Arkansas. You've got a Rudy show tonight. Two of them, yes. Two. Huddle at 6 o'clock with uh, Gabe Eichert. 7 o'clock, Teddy will join me for the Lincoln Riley Show tonight. At On Saturday, we will honor six super seniors, Eric Swinson, Laron Stokes, Spencer Jones, Caleb Kelly, who is out for the season, uh, Brian Mead, who will set a record that will never be broken for most games played in a senior uniform, and Tanner Schaefer. Lincoln Riley said all other seniors are, you know, players who might be finishing up their careers have an option to participate in senior day. We'll see what that looked like come Sunday. One quick Saturday. thing. I love the Go fact ahead. that Saturday when it was a debate whether OU was going to return to the field or not. Right. That Brian Mead was the first guy back onto yeah, the field. Yeah, he was ready to go. For, for a period of time, he was the only Sooner yep. on defense. <laughs> and he was like, I'm here, coach. I'm ready. Let's go. Which is great because for the guy who leads the uh, – has the all-time OU record for most games played – he was like, yeah, no, I'll play. You I'm need ready me? to go. You need to play? I'm here, coach. If they told Brian Meade he could come back for another year, I bet my man would. So <laughs> he's awesome. no doubt. He's he great. is awesome. All right, for those of you on the podcast side, the Lincoln Riley Press Conference is coming up right now. Thank you. Uh, good to see everybody here uh, on the eve of our final home game. Hard to believe that it's uh, that that's, that's, uh, that that's here, honestly, after going through uh, last season and the, the – Constant stops and starts this season, in a lot of ways, just felt like it's went by, you know, much much faster. So, uh, obviously, excited to get back here at home. I always appreciate the chance to play here. It's been a great home run so far, um, as far as our, our team and our performances here. So, get a chance to, to close it out here with the outstanding Iowa State team come to town. Um, uh, team, obviously, we've had a lot of great battles with over the years. Um, you know, several years back, and then obviously even here as of late. Uh, certainly a, a team and a, a coaching staff, a group of players that we have the utmost respect for. Um, and uh, we know it'll be a heck of a battle here uh, on Saturday. Uh, team's excited to get back on the field. Uh, anytime you, we don't get this feeling very often here, but anytime you, you don't win a game, you don't put your best foot forward, uh, you're, you know, you just can't wait for the next one to get here. And that's how I would describe our team right now. I think we wish we were playing today, to be completely honest, but we'll, uh, we'll continue to prepare hard. Uh, work hard, uh, do the things that we need to do to be prepared Saturday at 11 o'clock. Hey, we'll go to Ryan Aver, first question. Uh, a lot of speculation in recent days. Can it be you at the LSU job or, or talk around that? Uh, have you or any of your representatives had contact with them? And just, you know, you know what, what, uh, what's that like to you know, handle that in the middle of the season? It's nothing to handle. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty easy. You know, I coach uh, the University of Oklahoma football team, and you guys know me. You know how I feel about this place and this program. So I, we've we've all been down this road many times before. You you guys know where I stand on that, and that hadn't changed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Uh, we're seeing some of the uncharacteristic of your offense, just the slow starts. We've had four games where you guys have about seven or less points in the first half, and previous six years there was only three of those instances. It, this late in the season, is there something you could just put a finger on of why the slow starts are happening? Uh, you know, we've looked at it. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I – could sit here and summarize it in one thing. And I don't know that it's necessarily just been one issue. Um, I think there's been kind of two constants throughout those games. Uh, typically, we haven't uh, we haven't played consistently enough 
and then again we've been in just a lot of very low possession low play games you know it's not like we're getting seven or eight position uh, possessions and a half and so those opportunities you know become so important i know it sounds like a broken record but that's just kind of the way the year's been and uh so um you know we've had our opportunities you know i thought honestly the biggest swing in the game the other day didn't really realize it as much of the sequencing after the game but we had a we had a after the first i think two drives we had a good drive we go down and miss a field goal i think we go down and score we go down and miss another field goal and then the drive right for right after half we clip off two or three plays just rolling and then have just the the needless interception and so i mean we have four play, four drives in a row where we're rolling pretty good and we got seven points out of it. And so, you know, that that was uh, I think a big stretch. And when we haven't played well, typically it's been kind of like that that we've shot ourselves in the foot or haven't played consistently enough. And then at times we've been, you know, explosive kind of like we're used to being. So um, now need need to play more consistent. I think the plays are there. Uh, we got to make the plays. We got to continue to put the guys in the best position to succeed that we can. Lincoln, you know, your thoughts on Caleb Kelly? What was it like in the locker room, and have you had any talks with him during the first part of this week? I have, yeah. I talked to him that night and, and a couple other times. Uh, yeah, it's horrible, man. It's it's. Uh, but honestly, it's probably been made easier by his uh, his willingness to just accept it and just bounce right along. He's been out at practice with a smile on his face, been around the guys. I mean, same energy hasn't really changed him. Um, I think for him, it's just a recognition that it's kind of time for the next chapter in his life, and he's not sitting there and dwelling on it or poor me. So, uh, great example to a lot of people because a lot of people wouldn't handle it that well. Um, so, uh, he's been great, and that's why whatever he chooses to do next, he's going to be pretty darn good at it. Jesse Crittenden. Hey, Lincoln. I'm just going to ask. Typically, you guys have kind of been able to bounce back from an early loss and, and play really well to the end of the year. It's kind of a little bit different this year. Just tell how different is the mindset to kind of recover from a loss a little bit later in the regular season compared to earlier in the season? I think for the team and coaches, I mean, wins wins feel the same, losses feel the same. You know, wins feel great, and I can't even describe to you how bad losing feels when this is what you do. So it's, uh, you know, and, and I think, though, the constant thing for us has always been coming out of it, uh, again, not with that poor me attitude, with a with – a, a, a hunger to get better. Um, I think you know the, when you don't win a game, you have to. You can't ignore it. You can't just bypass it and go to the next one. You've got to own it, and we will. We'll own every part of the things that we didn't do well. Uh, you got to learn from it, but then you emotionally, mentally, you got to get past it. I mean, you, you got to get on. And and the, again, our teams of the past have done a phenomenal job of that. And so uh, we'll get our chance to do it here. And uh, it'll say a lot about who we are as a football team. And It'll say a lot about our leadership and how close-knit this group is. John Hoover? Yeah, Lincoln, um, Sark did say something yesterday that uh, he said something about losing reveals your flaws. They've lost quite a bit more than you guys have and just had the one loss. But uh, he said that sometimes playing what, playing poorly and, and winning can paper those over. Has that happened a little bit with you guys that you've been winning and been 9-0 and it's been in the playoff rankings and so on and so forth and everybody's feeling good about it? And yet you get to you finally get your first loss, and those flaws are kind of revealed. Uh, maybe to maybe to the outside. I mean, I don't know. I've sat up here every week and answered questions about our flaws uh, while we won all nine of those. So I, I, I mean, we, you know, in our world, it's it's different. You know, behind those walls, we we address every single flaw, whether we win seventy six to nothing or we lose a close game like we did the other day. I mean, it's not. We don't base the mood or any of that on you know the the win the loss well we won so we're not going to correct the mistakes or we we lost and now we're just going to really look at everything i mean we we always look at everything we always grade our guys hard and a lot of times we grade our guys harder after a win than we do after a loss because of what the outside world's telling them so you know it's just a constant for us it's a constant kind of educating our guys pushing our guys you go experience things, you get in games, you get in practices, you learn, you see what you do well, you correct, and you just continue to build. It just never it, it never ends for us until the last game's over. You know, it just it's just constant and you just kind of start over every single week. So I, I don't um I, I think how you play reveals that. I think, you know, I think it's our job to address it whether we win or lose, and that's what we try to do every single week. Were you surprised 
surprised that the guys didn't maybe respond in that fourth quarter because they had previously? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, I was. Well, like I told them in the. I got told him in the, the huddle there between the quarters, man. That's you, you think this feels bad. You think look where we were in Dallas a few weeks ago. I mean, that, that was this was a great situation compared to that. And so, and I mean, I just a lot of that was just the confidence and you know what this team has done all season and the fact that the, up to that point we hadn't played very well, especially offensively, but felt like we were right on the doorstep with all three sides. And it's been one of the strengths of this team. Um, so um, my my confidence was extremely high. I'm. I'm surprised we didn't, but at the same time, you got to go make those plays. I mean, just because you've done it before, that's great to have the confidence on it, but you have to go make the plays. You have to go make the tackles. You have to go make the catches. You have to go make those plays, and we didn't make enough of them. We were close, but but close doesn't count. When you talk about being close, and, and we've heard you say a lot this year, one or two guys being off can, can make the whole play go bad. Is it concerning to you that 10 games in that those problems still exist, or, or is that – just football uh, you know I mean I I wish we didn't have a game like that you know but you're not gonna you're not gonna get so many games in and then all of a sudden just not have that I mean it it it, it happens um, the better teams it happens less or better teams are you know a lot of times more talented or play harder or able to overcome it at times and we've we've certainly been in that boat before we've had times we've been very productive when maybe we haven't been as clean but typically when you play good football teams, especially on the road, the quality of ball to win has got to be at a high level. I mean, like, just look at this league right now. I mean, there's scores in this league that if you looked at them and you said, wait, this team did this to that team, but then this team did this to that, it doesn't make any sense. But just look at the home away. I mean, that's that typically is what separates great teams from you know, just okay teams that just win most of their games at home and are just average on the road. And that's been the differentiating factor for us uh, for years. And so, especially on the road against a really good football team, you've got to be sharp. And uh, we played hard as hell. We played tough. I mean, our guys fought like crazy, but it just simply, the the penalties, the, uh, the turnovers, the tackling, um, the 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 different mistakes through the game, the field goals. I mean, that just those little things added up, and it ended up being not enough at the end of the day. Carlson, I feel like this is a, a theme here, but you, that what Jason was asking about with the, your comments about how close you felt you were. When you think about that now, considering what happened on Saturday, were there areas that you felt like maybe you missed on, or were guys just like you said? I mean, those problems. Were there problems in areas? that you weren't expecting on Saturday? Uh, you know, there was a few that were uncharacteristic of us. Um, you know, this last stretch, we've, we've caught the ball really well. Um, you know, we, we did not catch the ball well the other day. Um, we've thrown the ball really well. We missed some throws that we, we typically make in our sleep. Um, you know, we got, I think, if not one of the best for sure, or not the best, one of the best field goal kickers in the country. Um, that you know that that doesn't happen too very often. Uh, you know, we've got a group of guys, um, especially some of our older guys in the secondary, that typically tackle extremely well. That miss some that we typically don't. So, yeah, I think we had a few things that were uncharacteristic of us on that day, and it cost us. And so, um, but I mean, I think you know, for us, it's it's you go back, you learn, you own it, and then again, you gotta you gotta get past it. You know, because this one, it, ones like that, if you're careful. You know, it got to get got us once. You can't let it get you twice. And that that's been a big part of us this week is let's let's correct what we need to correct, but let's stay focused on the opportunity at hand. And and again the reality, you know, that I've you know told this football team and it's the truth. I mean I I've I've been here six years, um, before this year. Four of those years we won the Big Twelve championship and had one loss and then our next game after that was a playoff game. Uh, two years, we won the Big 12 championship and had two losses. And our next game after that was a was a major bowl game. So, you know, lot lot left to play, lot left to play for. There's a lot that's going to happen, um, but none of that matters if we don't address the things that we need to address and play closer to the level we can, more consistently, both sides of the ball. Lincoln Caleb has to bounce back not just from an atypically poor game, but um, being replaced at one point in the second half in, in Waco. 
I know you, you're going to say you have confidence and faith, of course, in, in him to bounce back just as Spencer did a year ago when, you, when he had the break against Texas. But until you see it, you don't really know it for sure. And so what's the love? How, how, do, you, how do you approach the week with him in terms of knowing whether or not he's going to respond to what happens there? Uh, just, just, just. I mean, business as usual. You know, he's going to get coach him hard through the week. He's going to get challenged through the week. Um, we're going to work together with all of them to prepare them as good as we possibly can, and then expect to go play well. I mean, I think uh, you know if you're confident in what you do, then just because you don't get the result that you want one time, that doesn't change that. If you're truly confident in who you are and you truly believe in uh, what you do, the people around you, the way you work. Um, you know, confidence can't be circumstantial. You either believe or you don't. And uh, I believe I've got a room of guys that believe in themselves and believe in what they're doing. And uh, so I don't, I don't, I, I, I hear where you're coming from, but I just don't, I don't see that as much of a factor for us. Um, we, you know, we know who we are. We know what we can be. When we turn on that film, we see what's in our control and what's out of our control. And I think we realize that if we handle more of what's in our control, then and the results that we want will come. With the benefit of three days hindsight, what did you see from him that was that was off? Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, maybe it was what 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 was being done against him. Maybe it was you yeah. know, all a tip of the cap to what Dave was doing. Yeah, we got off. No, we got off to a tough start. We we didn't we didn't play well the first two drives. We busted plays. We we were probably the worst we were the whole the whole day. The first two drives, which again on the road, that's not it's not the the end of it, but it's not how you draw up wanting to start. Um, and then I thought, like, really, for about four drives in a row there, we played we played pretty well. We didn't get paid off on all of it that we wanted to, but we did a lot of good things. And then I thought, if anything, I think for him at times a little bit of frustration sat in. You know, I did. I think he was, you know, frustrated. He couldn't – he made a few mistakes that we weren't playing well. He was frustrated, you know, physically with not being able to grip the ball and, and throw the ball the way that he typically does after getting his hands stepped on. I mean, it's it just a little bit of frustration set in, and, and it's a learning experience. I mean, I've I've said it every week. I've said it when when been up here and he's thrown six touchdowns and everybody thinks he's the greatest football player that ever walked the planet. It's uh, every every situation for him right now is a learning experience, and he's he's growing, he's learning, and days like that honestly can for for his future and development can be more valuable than any of the the really really fun ones like we've had. So um, I'm confident him and the rest of our team will approach it like that. To clarify, he's your starter Saturday. Yeah, he's going to start. All right. Yeah. Iowa State's not having a great year. I know defensively they have the, they run a style that, that they you know a lot of people feel like is one of the best at stopping an offense like yours. Uh, they have a couple of guys that are all conference performers. What do you see in them this year though? They've given up more points than they normally do. What do you think about Iowa State defensively? Yeah, I think they're like tenth rated defense in the country. So they're pretty good. You know, they've yeah, they've had a couple of games where they've given up, you know, uh, maybe a few more than they typically do. They're they're still really good. I mean, I didn't know there's been a couple big plays here and there that maybe they haven't given up in past years, but not much. I mean, they they are still uh an extremely good defense. Um they're they they got a scheme that they they believe in. They have a lot of experience within that scheme. Uh, Coach Haycock and those guys have been there for a while. They got again a number of guys playing that feels like we've been playing against for a long, long time. Uh, a couple of guys that were on that field when uh, when we went up there with Kyler and the guys in 2018 that'll still they're still there. So I mean it's a it's a good group. They're good in the secondary. They're good up front. Uh, we've got a tremendous edge rusher. Uh, linebackers are fantastic. Same group that we saw last year. So now they they do a good job, man. They make big plays. Um, they're uh, they're they're a tough group to go against. They always are. Joey Elmer, yeah. How do you feel about your leadership so far this season, and uh, how important is it right now that you can lead on some of those key guys? No, I think our guys have done a, a in large part a good job. I mean, I. You win the close games we have. You win nine in a row to open the season. Um, uh, battle through, got all kinds of different adversities that have hit at random times this year. Um, I think our leaders have done a good job. We're all getting tested, and I'm talking about for this team right now, not anything before. We're all getting tested in a way that we haven't yet this year. And so another chance for, for our leadership to respond and show the group they are. And you've got to see it. 
you can't, again, you can't see it as poor me. You got to see it as, all right, this is a new challenge and I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to attack it and I'm going to show how good of a leader for this football team I can be. And uh, so I've, I'm confident we've got a group that will approach it that way, but I think your mindset in that is so important. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, a great challenge for our leadership. Um, and I like what I've seen of them this week and they're going to have to continue to, to give our guys direction and do a tremendous job. Issued a public recommend and a $25,000 fine of Baylor for the way the game ended on Saturday. So, what was your reaction to seeing that used today? I don't care. Quick follow up, if you don't mind. Have you talked to Dave Aranda? He said he was going to call you or whatever. Yeah, he, re he reached out, uh, but any, you know, any conversations I'd have with another coach, I'll keep it between us. Brian Chapman. Hey, Lincoln, uh, Pete back kind of played Jason asked about needing 11 <clears> guys. From a play caller's perspective, how much more difficult is that when those instances where the bus come along the offensive line? Is there something you need to scheme against that, or has it just been so random that you're just having to roll with it? Yeah, I mean, I, definitely the other day was kind of like a few games this year where we just we kind of took turns, you know, that we, we kind of took turns. I mean, we had there times where the I mean, there are times where the quarterbacks had all day back there. You know, there's times where we didn't. There's times where we threw the ball well and didn't catch it. There's times where we were wide open, didn't get it to them. I mean, it's we we just we backs missed a couple of things in protection. I mean, we just kind of had one guy here and there. But again, against good defensive teams, road ball. That's just that's that's what it takes. Is how many how many plays can you play with all eleven doing their job at a high level? And uh, when we did it, we moved the ball and we're fine. We just you know we we didn't do it enough. And and again, you know when you have fifty three plays, when you have you know, when you have a low number of possessions, you got to make them count. And I mean, we should know that by now. I'm not saying something we hadn't heard or again, we've been through it a bunch this year, but we've, you know, that that's, you can't go like we did those four possessions in the middle of the game where you're moving the ball and you got seven points out of it. You just not in a 10 possession game and a 53 play game. You just, it's, that's, that's tough to overcome. Coach, a few weeks back, you mentioned that you're not really in favor of two quarterback systems. You've played each quarterback in place of the other at times to provide a spark. Do you feel any differently about that now than you did three weeks ago? Mm -mm. No, I just think some of the situations that have come up um, throughout the year have, have obviously shaped those decisions. Um, but, you know, not really at, at any time have I put a guy in thinking, all right, well, I'm just only put him in for like one series and pop them right back out, anything like that. That's, uh, again, just, just at the times when we haven't played well looking for a spark, you know, and I know it gets a lot of attention when we do it at quarterback position. We do it a lot of times at other positions and it's not as noticeable and I, I, I certainly understand why. Um, but no, I still, still strong belief that would like to have a, a, a firm starter and backup. Obviously okay then. Yeah, doing well. Yeah, he's been he's been full go this week. Doing well. Austin Kurt, right? Lincoln with senior day on Saturday. Just wanted to ask you about Pat Fields. Uh, what has it meant to coach him throughout the years, and uh, you know what what does he meant to this program with all of his on and off the field achievements? Yeah, no, he's been a yeah great representative for the program. Um, he's been an impactful guy even from when he was uh, was young and just came into the program. Um, always has had a. You know, a, a strong desire to be very involved in the community, very, very involved off the field, um, and, and has set a great example for so many. So, no, we're, we're really proud of Pat. All the different honors and, and nominations and awards that have come his way have been, you know, very deserving. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's very deserving of, of hopefully winning a couple of those. There's no question. He, he's been fantastic for us. We've had some other you know, really, really good ones through the years that have helped set direction from him. I mean, it's great for him to have a guy like Ty Darlington on staff who was nominated for won a lot of those same awards. And, and uh, so it's a, it's a great tradition here, and it's good to see guys like Pat kind of carrying it on. Coach, I was wondering, 10 games into the season, the way in which you've utilized Eric Gray, is that the way you envisioned it when you, when you brought him in? Or as the season has progressed, has maybe things changed a bit here and there? Maybe you've done things differently than maybe you originally thought? Or is it kind of progressed the way you thought it would? Uh, it's a little bit unpredictable. I mean, we, we played him the lion's share of the snaps early on in the season. You know, Kennedy got kind of hot there. 
midseason and we, we rode the hot hand a little bit more than we did Eric. And, and honestly, I know I've said it up here a few times. I mean, he's a guy, there's, there's a few of them offensively right now that we want to continue to find ways to get them more involved. It's some of this has just been the ways that some of these games have evolved um, that, that haven't opened it up to as many opportunities. And there's been a lot of times that we've planned to, you know, we've had a plan in place to play him more, put the ball in his hands more because he's done some good things. He did some really nice things with the ball the other day. So there was a handful of guys uh, from an offensive skill point that were playing pretty well the other day that wish um, could have got them more opportunities, and Eric's certainly one of them. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, Charlie Kolar was a guy who gave you all some issues last year in both of those games. What have you seen from him uh, this year? How do you feel like you're able to match up from that maybe a little bit uh, differently uh, than you did a year ago? Yeah, he's tough, man. Those the, All the tight ends they have are. They they do a good job you know, using those guys, moving them around, uh, you know, creative with the route concepts that they run, whether they drop back or play actions. and. Yeah, Charlie's especially tough because just his ability to run really crisp routes. I mean, you you just you watch him run and and you don't you, you don't appreciate how big he is and you get on the field with him and you know the, the big human that can that in a lot of ways kind of runs and gets in and out of cuts like a wide out. And so you combine that with that big frame, you know, the the hands he has, the experience he has. I mean, he's a tremendous player. You know, you, I would imagine that with um, you know that with uh, you know, all that's going on in the NFL right now in terms of how people are using those guys, that, that he's going to have a bright future and, you know, always root for a guy from here. And uh, I just wish he would have went ahead and left already. So uh, he's, he's a good one. Lincoln, with senior day coming, how do you handle that with so many guys, 2017, 2018 classes? They're seniors, but they could come back yeah. again. So how do you handle that? And yeah, how it, tough is roster management? Yeah, that's been, that, that part's been tough. We've honestly... Went back and forth on it a little bit, um, but we have made a decision. We're going to let um, any of our guys that are that are seniors on the field. We're going to give them the option to participate in Senior Day. Um, now I wouldn't read too much into that because we've told guys. Obviously, a lot of these guys are going to have decisions to make, and uh, obviously, all all of our super seniors will participate. Obviously, um, but the guys that do have that that COVID year exemption remaining. Um, some will participate, some will not. Um, those that do have not necessarily made a decision. Um, just kind of kind of leave it up to their choice. And, and then they've told, obviously, we'll, we'll get to those decisions with them and their families uh, once, the, uh, once the season ends. Jenny? Uh, from Iowa State, with, with Purdy and Hall, I mean, you look at the guys they have, Kolar probably top of the list, but these other guys, I mean, they've got such great talent offensively. Do you feel like? They're maybe a little bit like you guys in that they're looking for that big breakthrough. Does that worry you at all that they could, they're, I mean, they're capable. They've got such oh, talent. Yeah. No, they've been in, I mean, right in the middle of every single game. I mean, they could, you could easily be talking about a team that's got a record like ours right now. I mean, easily. I mean, so, um, no, I, I, I do, if, if we didn't know this team as well as we know them and had the battles, you might worry about a team looking at the record and thinking, you know, well, maybe that's it's just an average football team coming in here. That this is not an average football team coming in. I mean, it's 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 not. Um, we we know what they're about. We know the way that they're coached, the way that they play. Um, so, and and yeah, I mean, I I think in a lot of ways, you know, one of the most talented teams that we'll play all year. I mean, without a doubt, on both sides of the ball. I mean, there there's there, there's a lot of talent on on the film when you click on. So, um, no, it's I. Like I said, we've been in too many battles with these guys to not have that respect. Any more questions? James? Your offensive line, are they blocking as consistently as you hope they would be at this point in the year? We're, you know, our good is really, really good. Um, I would say we're progressing. I would say I've had a couple of the older guys that have really settled in and started to play really well. Um, you know, I think the, the younger guys, especially, you know, Raym and Harrison are, have certainly made some big improvements from earlier in the year. And I think that's why, you know, for the most part of the back half of the season, we've, we've, we've been on a pretty good run offensively until the other day. And a big part of it's been those guys. So no, I've been, I've been happy with them. Uh, certainly the second half of the season, no question. Could we, did we do a lot of things good the other day? Yeah. Could we play better in a few areas? Of course we could have. Um, so, but no, I think we're, I think we're progressing, and I think our good is certainly good enough. 
If you could have one thing that you think could get you where you want to go to get better at, what would that be? Because it's different things you've talked about, whether it's offensive line, sometimes tackling. If there's one thing you thought that Mike could, you could fix that. that Just our, that our team to play more, more in sequence together. We've, we've been maybe the best team I've ever been a part of at when one side of the ball is struggling, that the other side of the ball has typically been lights out. Um, even for three three quarters the other day we did again. I mean, and that typically to me is the hardest thing to do in football because it's like you're you're constantly trying to regain momentum, which is hard to do. Um, this team has been phenomenal at it. I mean, that's the reason we're you know that's the reason we won our first nine games. Um, but we have not been able to sustain momentum, you know, and having a good special teams play and then a good offensive sequence, defensive sequence, and, and really kind of getting on those runs that we're accustomed to getting on. And so um, that would be it. I mean, for, for us is when we do something positive, like we're doing a lot of, let's, let's sustain it and let's be able to get on some of these runs um, and, and have a flurry of, of points and stops and, and positive plays. And a lot of times in games, that's that's where you get a chance to separate yourself. So that's a, that's been a big point of emphasis here. Um, we know that something as a football team that in some ways has held us back. And uh, if we can combine that with our ability to flip momentum um, that we've shown time and time again this year, uh, then that's when it can get really good. All right, thanks. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.